welcome to the Daft Souls podcast. My name is Matt Lees, and today I'm joined once again by Mr. Joseph Scrabbles. Hello, Joe. I'm back. How are you doing? It's good to have you back again. That's okay. I've taken a week off. I feel f- fresh and refreshed. <laughs> like you've been covered in, in nice towels. Yeah, I'm sort. Yeah, I'm sort of a, like a huge human turban. Because we had a lot of people, obviously, saying last week, saying, "Oh, where's Joe? I want some Joe back again." You didn't really gone for one week. That's I know, right? Pleasant. Very popular. Hard. So making an effort to uh, in the new year to try and get you on more regularly because uh, I really enjoy podcasting with you as Yay. well. Um, but yeah, so it's just me and Joe, and this is the Christmas Daft Souls podcast. <laughs> Had you it's prepared that? Christmas time. No, I haven't. <laughs> Although, when I was walking around the supermarket buying beers for the podcast, mm. I did find myself singing Christmas bells, Christmas bells, Christmas fucking bells, <laughs> which it, I have pre-prepared. You could you. put scrabbles in there as well, it works. Christmas sc- fucking scrabbles. Deck scrabbles. So it's Christmas, and because it's Christmas, mm. we're going to spend a whole podcast talking about games in the way that we normally do, with yes. no reference to Christmas or Christmas-based games. really glad you said that, because I was <laughs> freaking out that I was meant to prepare. No, no, no. I mean, there's nothing to be said. It's just that, mm. that level, that freeze-easy peak in Banjo-Kazooie is the best thing about Christmas, and um, that's it. As you might expect, I have been researching Christmas features, yep. Christmas list features today. The amount of times I've struggled to read the word freeze-easy... <laughs> freeze-easy peak. ...in six or seven hours today is mind-boggling. I also watched the entirety of uh, the story sections of Max Payne 1 just to see if it had a mention of Christmas in it. It doesn't. I'm still going to put it in the feature, though. (laughs) (laughs) There is this weird sense of a Logan's run running up to Christmas every year within the games industry. And Mm. it's this... I guess there's there's a degree of people wanting to have... Uh, content lined up to go through to January yep. before people come back into the office so the websites don't just completely go yep. which for the record is exactly what Darth Souls and Cool Ghosts are going to do <laughs> because I'm just with just a couple of people and I need a break so I'm taking a break Seems um, but at the same time it has this weirdly sad thing that now it's like everyone's just rushing to get the games of the year thing it's like yep. it's this weird sense that everything is going to die in a few <laughs> weeks and in January nothing will be relevant ever mm. again the leaves fall, get trodden upon us. And it's like, 2015 is over! Now it's just all about what's coming out in, in March. Um, which is kind of sad. Yeah. Especially because there have actually been lots of games that have come out this year that are really quite big things that are hard to get your, get your nut around. Um, and <laughs> that's I the, got entirely the wrong image in my head <laughs> That was a biological impossibility as far yeah. as I was concerned No, no, even if you've had a really hot bath <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, I've lost my train of thought But I, what I guess I'm saying is, yes, everything's going to be shutting down This is the, probably the last podcast of the year We will return in January Although mm. I'm not actually in the country again until about the 6th or 7th So I might have a, a little break, you'll be fine without us And in the meantime, I'm going to be regenerating And I'm going to be playing lots of video games mm. And getting myself all mentally geared up So I can come back and tell you about what's good and what's interesting oh, That's start an next year. interesting and festive thing Do you have a planned game for Christmas? That's a good question um, I kind of don't Actually, mm. I've got at the moment, um, I've been playing through a bunch of stuff. I think I'm actually quite near the end of Persona 4 Golden, which is surprising um, because I don't think I was going to finish it, but well, I think that, I might. I listened to last week's podcast and Quinn said he'd buy you a beer if you finish it. So I really do think consider that, that a the challenge. PS, I think that they've been learning, which is interesting because mm. it seems to me that like the um, 
from what I can tell, the PS Vita version is much better at not making you grind as much and giving you huh. a much smoother curve. And maybe it's to add more adds more events that make it feel like a bit less of a grind. But mm. I really hope they learn that for the for the fifth game because I, I noticed with Persona Three it felt like a horrible uphill thing, but with Four it's like I'm near the end now and I feel like it's possible. Unless it's just suddenly going to spike at the end, mm. but we'll see. Uh, but I was planning to play a bunch of that, but I think I might actually be near the end. And then there's a couple of other games I'm playing at the moment, both of which I'll talk today. Mm. I've been playing SteamWorld Heist. I just finished it. Oh, wow. Let's talk SteamWorld Heist. Excellent. Well, I mean, I've only just started it. Yeah. But I don't know how big it is, but I get the sense that there's a decent chunk it took there. me 12 to 15 hours. That's perfect. That's it's- all I want. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's I it's. Really I mean, I've it. only played it for about an hour and a half, and it is fabulous. Yeah. Um, the other thing I've been playing is Xenoblade Chronicle Chronicles. Sorry, I said that wrong. It's uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Mm. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. It's, it's very futuristic, which is thing. really futuristic. Um, I've played that for about seven hours. I don't really know what I think about it. Huh. To be honest, it's left me feeling mixed, like a like a. A mixed selection of nuts and fruits and sweeties. <laughs> We're really determined to make this at least in some way festive, aren't we? <laughs> it's like a roses box, it's like a maybe. packs of crackers. <laughs> are you gonna get the tiny nail clippers, or are you gonna get the tiny set of screwdrivers that you think, oh, that'll be useful, but then you forget where you've put them, and when you need them three years later. You just can't find them. You have just named the two things that I only ever want out of crackers. What else would you want? Because there's that little fortune-telling fish. No one likes it. We had that last night. It's bullshit. I put the fortune-telling fish on my hand. According to the fortune-telling fish, I was dead. (laughs) What? It literally said that I was dead. How does it do? How does it indicate that? It didn't do anything. It's just everyone disin- else. It just bleeds. All of its plastic just bleeds all over your. Hands. It's like a little plastic for this. It was a bit of a tangent. It's like yes, a little plastic sorry. thing you put on your hand. That's fine. It's weird that everyone knows about it, mm. and then it kind of wiggles about. And how it wiggles, it tells you what your fortune is. Yeah. But on my hand, it was just completely. It didn't move at all. My favorite ever Happy Meal toy was uh, a similar concept, which was. It was like a Men in Black themed neuralizer type thing, except you put your thumb on it, and it did. It was basically like a mood ring, but for your thumb. And it was so it was meant to tell you. I don't understand what the tie-in with Men in Black was, <laughs> but it was meant to tell you how you were feeling. I guess they it's were like, like, "Why do I need a stick <sighs> to tell me how I'm feeling?" I guess they were like, "Hey, I know we could make like the Men in Black neuralizer." Like, yeah. yeah, but obviously it won't actually be able to wipe people's memories. Yeah, like, or what can we? Make and even if we put like an LED in it. That's too expensive for a Happy Meal. Can we just make it turn a colour? <laughs> yeah, make it that weird, like, strange material that picks up thumbprints in heat. I, I, yeah, I don't get that. Anyway, sorry, that took tangent after tangent. It's fine. It's brought back a whole a whole bunch of uh, science fiction film-based memories. Mm. But anyway... Xenoblade um, Chronicles X. That's See, that's one of my potential... One of your potential Christmas games. Christmas games. Well, I'll let you know what I think. And uh, I mean, I, I want to keep playing it, because I feel like I want to make... Uh, I, I feel like I want to play a bit more of it and then maybe make a video about it in the new year. I'm a mm. bit reticent about making a video about it, though, just because it's one of these weird things where it's like, I don't know. I think there's a, a Venn diagram between people who care about that and mm-hmm. people who've already got it and the sorts of people who would just flip all of the tables if you go in being critical about that kind of game. Yeah, I mean, like, so everyone I've seen talking about it has gone generally on the path of it's kind of tedious, but but to a goal that is so rewarding that it becomes worthwhile once you hit it, which, as far as I can tell from most people, except um, 
except one, Matthew Castle from Official Xbox Magazine, who's obsessed with Xenoblade and just likes it for being a big place in like a story. But everyone else has gone, it was 30 hours of sort of grind and old school feeling, and then I got the mechs. And the mechs seem to be the point at which everyone goes, here we go, this is the game I want now. Right, yeah. Which I'm kind of down with as a Christmas game. Yeah. That works. Yeah. But if that had come out in June, I would hate that so much. Well, this is what I'm thinking, and I'm playing it, and I'm I'm trying to get a mech, and I kind of feel like I don't know how far away I am from the mechs. But I played for about seven hours, and uh, yeah, it's the same thing. I'm just working towards it and being like, keeps irritatingly just showing you all the time and having people mm. talk about them all the time. It's like, just let me fucking have one already. Have you, have you had any opportunity to do multiplayer stuff either, or is that post mechs as well? Um, that's meant to be great. I only a little bit. Basically, I might as well talk about it now. Basically, Let's do it. The thing about this game is it, it really wants you to think that it's just absolute shit uh, <laughs> right. from when you switch it on mm-hmm. to when you get into it. It's like has this amazing combination of things which are just very bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, um, it looks quite bad at first. Yeah. Uh, the character design yeah, and the that's... facial animations are just like really, really awful. Yeah, it's like early Xbox 360 stuff, isn't it? And it's like you get to make your own character. So I made a character who looked like, you know, a bit anime, but mostly just like a dude. Mm. And then found that all of the other main characters I'm hanging around with just looked like kind of anime teenage, like doll-faced <laughs> girls. And so mm. I immediately feel like, oh, okay, well, my character doesn't fit into this world because you all look yeah. like weird children. It's like when they did uh, Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright and yeah. no one pointed at Professor Layton and just screamed and, went, and screamed and screamed <laughs> Where are your this eyes? cylindrical eyeless man. <laughs> Where are your eyes? Ah! <laughs> yeah, no, it, that, it's sort of like that. So that was a bit of a downer, but I was like, okay, we'll find look. And the thing is, I think that being a fan of JRPGs is constantly about a war of attrition with the fact that they have so much about them which is just a bit shit and you just have to kind of plod through it to get to the good stuff. But... It really was a lot of work because it has just a lot of cutscenes that are doing nothing. Mm. Um, you know, the, the voice acting and the scripting is pretty poor. Um, the music is divisive. I've seen lots of people fucking yeah. hate it. I personally actually quite like a lot of it. Isn't it like ultra cheese Japanese no, pop? It's is it? not. It's actually occasionally like interesting. It's okay. weird. Like there are bits of it which are ultra cheese Japanese pop rock. You know, very much like Dreamcast era. Reminds mm. me a bit of like you know Sonic Adventure style. Like yeah. this is trash, but I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are there are bits where like sometimes it does musically things that are actually a bit interesting, and I find myself being like. Oh, this reminds me of that song I was together there, and then being like, "No, it's this song." And it's, and it's like, <laughs> "What?" This is like, you know, it actually is quite interesting. Is that strange feeling of game soundtracks becoming like it's, it's quite demeaning? But game soundtracks don't become music until they hit a certain level yeah. of goodness in my head. And it's like I'm not sure I'd ever actually. It's not good enough that I'd listen to it, but mm. it just does some stuff and merges some different like styles of music in a way that's. Sometimes just cheese, but sometimes just like this is actually like it's cheesy, but this is this is musically doing some quite interesting mm. stuff, uh, which is just a surprise. But it does this weird thing of when you're watching the cutscenes, it just doesn't really like lower the music a lot of times. So right. you have this weird thing of being like, you can't really sometimes hear what the characters are saying because the music's too loud. That's the and... classic RPG problem. They do this in something about RPGs makes sound mixing really hard because in The Witcher, Mass Effect, all these games, there are moments where the Vocals seem to dip below the sound effects 
And like, it's this pervasive problem it's, that I can't understand. It's budget and it's scale. And I mean, that's what it is. And the funny thing about Xenoblade Chronicles X right from the start is you can see that they've, and I don't blame them, but I, you can see where they've chosen to budget. And they've chosen to budget on this huge world full of these cool creatures. Mm. Um, but then it means that you kind of have these cutscenes which just feel really budget and like feel like they have literally just gone, well, just script some stuff, record the VO, put it in. Mm. And they haven't actually taken time to go through and be like, oh, actually, this is quite quiet VO. Should we lower the music? They just like plugged it in. Yep. Go. Like they know it works, so they just leave it. Um, and it's fine, but it means that you have this really long section of, of the game having lots of cutscenes where the characters are just basically telling you about the basics of the game and the basics of how the world works. Right. And there's this really annoying thing of leaving big gaps between dialogue and you're kind of like, what the fuck is it? Like, you have bits where like sometimes characters will say something and then no one else say anything for like two or three seconds like people have forgotten their lines and then somebody will say something and it's like what the fuck is this what that sounds the- quite charming like Amdram <laughs> it's actually like it hits this level right it is a bit Amdram but the problem is they're not talking about anything a lot of the time it's just like fluff and you can't skip through it you can only skip it Right. So it means that you kind of you have to make these calls. And to be honest, I've got quite I've noticed now there's a trend. If it's a cutscene that's about the plot, they'll be talking about the plot. But if it's a cutscene where they appear to be not talking about anything, mm. they won't suddenly halfway through start talking huh. about anything of interest. So you just fucking skip it. But you that's know how sometimes you're watching a cutscene and you lose interest and you start looking at your phone and then you realise after about twenty seconds that like, oh you're just not listening at all. Yeah. Um I hit a new level with Xenoblade where I started looking at my phone and then I actually left the room <laughs> because I forgot that I was watching a cutscene. That you were playing a game which in the is first like, place. That's, that's bad. I've never yeah, done that before. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, but the, the, the really killer thing about it, which is just, like I think, just a bit inexcusable and does push this, this, this aspect of the game into just being straight up bad, mm. is the fact, despite the fact that it spends way too much of your time trying to explain things about the game that you might need to know... Mm. Um, it does this for things that actually would be really easy to explain in a tiny menu. Yeah. Like it spends about five minutes talking about the different sort of factions you can join. And actually it's like, you didn't need to do that. You could have just said, which one do you want to join? And let me read the text huh. for what they all do. But then there's so many things about the game that it just doesn't tell you. <laughs> and you really need to know. It's it's the most ludicrously complex thing I've ever seen in my life. Is that to do with... The Zeno series as a whole, like, is this no just like idea. accepted wisdom? I've got no idea. Yeah. All I know is that lots of people said to me, "Read the manual," because huh. uh, it has you know an in-game yeah 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 thing on the Wii U, and you I've read it, and you do need to read it because there's so much information in there, but it's so dense, mm. um, and I can't work out now if it's superfluous or not. And the thing I, that I've got to the level now where I'm kind of enjoying it, it opens mm. up a bit and <clears throat> it's kind of fun going through this gigantic world, running past really high level enemies and hoping you don't get spotted just so you can go and like set a new checkpoint by mm. exploring this land. And it does remind me of playing MMOs on my own, which yep. is something I really love. Yeah. The sense of being like, wow, it's this cool open world and there's no one in it that I have to talk to. Yeah. I did um, that with City of Heroes. It's great. You just City ignore people. But in this, you don't have to ignore people because they're just not there. Yeah. It's just you. Um, so I'm enjoying it. And the combat is initially just bamboo- bamboozling. It's just like, it's just a sea of text and numbers. But mm. then you realise it's basically like a rhythm action game. I think it's similar to the old. It isn't, but you basically just 
you press buttons and there's combinations of being like, all right, you're weaken the enemy with that and then you'll stagger them with that and then you oh, hit them with okay. a grenade. But really then it means it has this weird system where your teammates will shout out things. They'll go like, oh, use knock them down. And then some of your skills that do that will flash mm. and you've got like three seconds to select that one. So really in action, you have a degree of moving around the battlefield and getting the right angle, but mostly it's just like choosing the skills in the right order and then pressing things at the right pace when people say things. and That sounds like it could be quite satisfying. It's it's satisfying and it's just, it's great busy work, but not yeah. in a bad way. It means yeah. that when you're in a battle, you never get that thing that you get in JRPG of just being like, oh, come on, like, yeah. just do this. It's like, you've always got things to do. You've always got like, you know, I'll press this button, do this, I'll try this, I'll mm. quickly do that, run over here. And it, it's nice, but I can't work out. And this is the thing is, I'm enjoying just exploring and, filling up the map and it uses lots of these cool systems of being like you know like oh you know like the completion system mm. really. it's full of that like full of things to fill out things to complete things to explore expand um but it's just so dense but i can't work out if it's like am i what i'm not sure is what i'm enjoying because okay. it's like the story is kind of crap mm. um and i don't think it's going to get better and the world is nice but it's not like it's it's not amazing. Like it has okay. it has things about it that are actually like um, some amazing vistas. Mm. But it is like I don't know. I'm sort of thinking I am just enjoying the thrill of exploration. But I'm wondering yeah. how much of this is just like my brain being played by all these happy little numbers ticking up and completion well, things. That's and fine. It is I'm, fine. I'm cool with that. It is fine. But it's just it's such a big game. And I'm looking yeah. at the world map. I'm like, it's it's that question of basically is this the one I really want to get into? Right. Okay. Like because it's like it is Christmas, but I could play The Witcher Three. Yes, and and I'm just trying to work out. It's like I'm enjoying Witcher it. Witcher Three is definitely good. Like, <laughs> is this really? I just wonder how long I can keep going without the uh, the kick of the kind of the story. Yeah, you know. But yeah. I haven't got the robots, so that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. They're called like skells or something. Yeah, they are. And isn't it? Isn't the idea that you kind of wander around the world and there's just enormous monsters that you couldn't possibly touch. Like, you'd just be nicking their toes or something. Mm -hmm. And then you get a robot and you can suddenly fight like a fucking Brontosaurus. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Sounds good. And, I mean, the size of those enemies as well is is Mm. awesome. It's really interesting. It's like, there's a lot I like about it, but I can't quite work out why I haven't fallen in love with it yet. It's like... Yeah. I've got, I've kind of like, I've completely like some of the worst music I've got Stockholm Syndrome for. The, the characterization in the story is rubbish, but I don't care. Mm. But there's just something holding me back and I can't quite work out what it is. Hmm. Um, which is interesting because everyone else just seems to be saying, oh, it's great. It's great. But it's like, I'm not quite on side with that yet. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to try and work out why or, or work out when it does happen. It may well be the, the robots. But I always wonder with these, it's like, I, I, I'm very wary with games like this where people say, oh, you know, play it for 15 hours, then you get the robot and then it's great. But mm. it's like, I know the psychological effect of mere exposure means you spend 15 hours doing anything, you'll like it. Like, yes. It's like, yeah. so I'm just... Well, those people who review Payday 2 after a thousand hours and say it's the worst game they've ever played. And you're yeah. like, well, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. That's weird. If that's true, then you are making bad life choices. You're very ill. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll I'll come back to you on that one. Really, it's I'm it's interesting. It is interesting. I just wish that um, it's one of these weird things where it, it it grates me in the fact they've done lots of things in a really nice way. I just wish that they'd rather than having these really janky crap cutscenes that go on way too long and you have no control over the pace of. Um, they just thought, look, we don't have 
the we haven't got the budget in what we want to achieve mm. to make cutscenes really good. So why don't we just like get some get a character artist through some nice two D hand drawn character art the characters and make like some bits VO'd, yeah, but largely just text that you can skip through the at your thing, own pace. Yeah, I mean I know that that, that doesn't is... seem right in a big three D world game. Oh no, that's but... that's fine. I get that. My my issue with that thing is that's what they did with Mirror's Edge, and it made crap cutscenes even worse. Like yeah, that's actually some of the worst storytelling I've ever seen in a game but because it was so overbearing think, and irritating. I think that at least you expect that. You're expecting an overbearing, irritating story in an RPG, JRPG sometimes. Okay. Yeah. I just don't mind that I like to control the pace of it because I like mm. to be able to spin through and read it and go, okay, this is good, this is good, this is good, this is garbage. Yeah. I think and maybe also I have to say being a bit spoiled coming straight from Persona 4, which has really good writing. Right. It's not amazing, but it has a lot of really nice stuff in it. Mm. And it means sometimes, yeah, you're reading stuff and it's all voiceovered, but you know, you just you just skip through it because you think, this storyline's garbage. And sometimes <laughs> you just think, because some of it's weirdly bad. Like, mm. You just sort of think something's gone wrong in translation here with this storyline yeah. because this just doesn't really make much sense in mm. terms of the characterization. Other times, it's bang on. I've just finished Kanji's questline. It's brilliant. That's Lovely. Strange. And it's like, yeah, I want to watch this, but I don't know. I, I get this fear of missing out with cutscenes. Some people are happy to just go, this is boring, skip. But in a JRPG, it feels like if you're skipping all the cutscenes, then you're doing something wrong. Oh, yeah, that would freak me out. You know, it makes me feel like I'm doing something wrong, but I think maybe that's why I feel tentative about this game. I feel like I'm... I'm coming to terms with the fact that it's a JRPG that I'm not going to play like a JRPG. Yeah. Which maybe makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, but then you'll get robots and it'll be good. I know, right? <laughs> robots! Let's get into it. Anyway, I'm aware I've just talked at you for fucking ages, so please tell me about something. Let's just talk about SteamWorld Heist, because I really want to talk about SteamWorld Heist. Do it's it. so good. Like, so, uh, SteamWorld Dig, which was another of this company, Imogen Forms Games, came out uh, two or three years ago, and it came out of nowhere. Um, and it was one of the things when I was on official Nintendo magazine, it was just given to me as staff writer. They said, just review this. It looks okay. Um, and it took five hours to finish, I reckon. And I loved it. Yeah. Like it's one, I think it's one of the best eShop games, if not one of the best, one of my favorite 3DS games. Maybe not best. That's SteamWorld Dig. Yeah. It's on a bunch of stuff now. It came out on console. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out. And I think off the back of its surprise success, it just came out everywhere. Because they went, well, people like it. And you're right, it was it was fabulous. Um, it was I, simple, but yeah. brilliant. Yeah, it kind of took a bit of what everyone liked about Minecraft, especially at that time. Um, and it was um, Metroidvania. It was all sorts of stuff in one little kind of crock pot of just nice, well-made 2D game fun. <laughs> like It just felt like everything you liked as a kid. Yeah. Um, and someone pointed this out. This is not a connection I would have made, and I feel really bad because I can't remember who said it. But basically, someone said they've essentially done the same thing with SteamWorld Heist, which is yeah. just gone, what do people like? Okay, let's make that game. And so it's a half procedurally generated 2D XCOM tactics game with action shooting that lets you do incredible trick shots. Yeah. And it's fucking brilliant. It is like, amazing. It's like, so satisfying. It's, it's, I feel like I came across on Xenoblade in a, in a bad way. Not really. I played it for about seven hours. I'm enjoying mm. it. I think it's good. Um, but yeah, I think it's just SteamWorld Heist has completely come out of nowhere this week. Mm. And it's one of the best games I've played this year. And yep. I've only played it. I'm happy to say that after just a few hours. Yeah. Because, and I said this on Twitter, it it has the Advance Wars yes. seal of approval 
of I was just playing a mission and I just wanted to just finish this mission. I found myself on the toilet with numb legs. Yep. I didn't need to be on the toilet anymore. I don't Absolutely. know how long I'd been in there for. But I was just transfixed because it is so compelling. Mm. And it's not just compelling because because it's it's not using dirty tricks to be compelling. It's compelling mm. just because it's so well crafted. I I mean image form now like the guys who make it they must yep. be one of the best devs on the planet I think it's it's mad right thinking like, at these two games I'm like Steamworld Dig was awesome but I yep. kind of thought well it's a lovely art style it's quite a simple idea uh, it was kind of like very similar to Minor Dig Deep on the yes, yep. which I loved on the Xbox uh, Live Indie and other games like that and I know that games like that are naturally just compelling I've yep. played games like that before there's something about them that's just really compelling mm. so I kind of I knew it, it was good but I gave them some like Neg slacks <laughs> because I thought, well, maybe it's just that they're using a really. But with this, it's like they're doing something that lots of people have tried to do and like, failed, and failed, and made things that feel really turgid. Yep, um, and made something so exciting. The thing I can't get over is it's turn based, but it, the pace, the sense of yep. speed, and the sense of tension is just so brilliant. Yeah, that's it, and. Um, there's no way of uh, that you are not talking about steamwall ties correctly if you aren't talking about the shooting system yeah. which is what they've done is they've looked at XCOM which is the primary influence I think and gone the the bad thing about XCOM is the shooting feels unsatisfying because if you miss a shot it's very rarely your fault yeah and what they've done is they've made it a direct feedback system in a turn-based game so when you press to shoot your per- your character points a gun and you have to point the barrel at what you want to hit. And if you can't hit it, you point it at a wall to try and get ricochets. And so some guns have laser sights. Most guns do not. Yeah. And it makes the sensation of shooting uh, because they wobble like they would. So you have to work with the breathing Even with of a, a laser robot. sight, it's, that's the thing. Is At first I was like, oh, because the, the first character you play as, who's awesome, the main character is this like, kind of cool lady captain robot. She's mm. brilliant. Um, but you've got a sniper, so basically you've got yep. a sniper pistol, which means you've got a laser sight, which I was like, oh, this is kind of a neat gimmick. Like, you you know, you've got to aim it at them and you've got to wait for the laser pointer to, to be in the right place, but it's slightly wobbling, and I thought, okay, it's a fun gimmick. But then I didn't realise that, yeah, as you say, like, that's just that type of weapon. Yeah. Most of them, you just got to do it by eye. Yeah. And it's satisfying when you have a sniper rifle with a long-range, like, laser pointer, which you manage to bounce off four walls, mm. hit someone in the back, and then they you get a crit and they die. That's yep. awesome. But it's so much more satisfying when someone's like the equivalent of three screens away and you've zoomed over and gone, oh, yep. and you're just using this pistol and you just have to by eye kind of go, well, it's sort of, and most of the time you'll miss, but yep. when you hit and you kill, it's like, I have jumped out of my seat. It's so good. And shouted. And so, and this is another thing it does perfectly, which is when you don't have a laser sight, you end up, I, I was drawing lines across my screen because you kind of look at your person, you see where the gun is and you pull the camera like uh, the camera out of place and you keep tracing the line keep tracing the line until you're like are you cheating on you're using a ruler no I'm not because they still sway so you can't <laughs> no, even I cheat know. it yeah. it's brilliant and it it simulates in 2D how much harder it is to hit something from distance than from point blank which is amazing yeah like I can't believe they've done it, that it never, I love that it doesn't let you zoom the camera out yes yeah, it just always lets around you. you move it so yeah. it means you can kind of move over and try and keep a frame of reference but you can mm. never have it you can never exactly see yeah and I know it's coming out on PC and PS4 and all everything. these other everything soon as well so I hope that's something they maintain Oh, they that. definitely will. Like, it's 
they know what they're doing. It's key. Yeah. Sure, it is key because I think if you if you could like have a more high res version of it, mm. where you see more, it would just change the game and yeah. it wouldn't be as fun. Yes. Um, but no, it's it's very very good. And like the 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 having finished it, one of the most amazing things about it is you see where they have spotted their limits and then worked within the design of the game to keep themselves within it. So they've not gone. In, in the way you were talking about Xenoblade, they've not gone, okay, we have all this stuff we want to do and we'll just have to cut back on certain things. They've built a game around their limits as an indie studio. So you don't have procedurally generated characters. You have a cast that you slowly pick up as you go through. Um, you don't have um, you, you don't have skill trees. Everyone gets the abilities they get yeah. as you go up through levels. But what it does is turns it into a tactics game where you're learning your characters. Yeah. So it switches from a wide focus to a very narrow focus and goes, this character will probably end up doing this stuff. So I spotted a character who was like, this guy's going to end up a tank. Yeah. And by the end of the game, he was that, and I'd used him correctly all the way through. And it meant that every level I was just going, fuck, yes, he fits into what I need him for every single time. And then there's another character who is sort of a heavy weapons expert but it's best if they don't move. And so I ended up finding weapons that I would go, I could use that on my other heavy, but it would suit this person more. So I ended up with like a minigun where this person, if they didn't move, fired twice as many shots. Yeah. And with a minigun, it means they fire like 30 shots. I really like the way it introduces elements as well. It means you yeah. don't have to have tutorials. It just drops you straight in. Yeah. It's simple. It's immediately fun. But then as they level up, they get new skills. You get new loot, which basically is like equipment, which mm-hmm. gives you new abilities. And then it just gradually expands out to being more like a kind of fully-fledged XCOM-style yeah. system. But it does so in a way that you never like feel confused, but also it's it's exciting. Yeah. I think one of the things that Image Form really... There's a few things about the game so far that have really impressed me. And um, one of the things is the way that they kind of add their own slant to things. I love the the way in this it isn't like, you know, like you said, they've taken out this sort of like procedurally generated crew members or mm. whatever, or permadeath. They've just left that and have a cast of characters. Mm. Uh, I love the way they've made it so that it's like that almost like... Almost like mobile phone game or old mm. DS game system of being like you get like stars on missions. And yes. It's like you get if you get the bonus cool loot then you get a bonus star. And yep. to get max stars, you lose a star for every person who dies. Yeah. I finished the game with one star missing and it made me really upset. <laughs> That's the thing. Is <laughs> like, I'm going back and doing it because it, yeah. it does this in a way which is not de- like derogatory, to ex- not, not derivative to mm. your experience. Because often what it'll do is it'll do this thing where you're playing this mission and then you get <laughs> one thing slightly wrong and it goes, ah, oh, no, you didn't get three stars on this mission. And then you go, oh, for God. Like, it's annoying because then you have to do it again. But what's nice is when you go back to doing it again... It's a different mission. It's a different mission. Well, it's, it's the same mission within a different level, yeah, which is different, great. Different level. Um, and also, like, the characters you've got, maybe they're slightly more leveled up than they were before, mm-hmm. so they've got new skills or slightly more health. Uh, also, like, when you go and get these boxes that give you the stars, that give you the max rank mm. on the mission... In each of those, you get a rare piece of and loot. epic swag, yeah. So if you go back and do the mission again to get the, the more stars, you don't get more epic swag. Mm. But it means that even if you kind of like go out of your way to get all of the, the what would be stars that you mm. need to collect in the mission, even if you then lose a person and don't get a good score, you still get this cool loot. Yeah. So you don't feel like you're not there going, when I've completed a mission and I get two stars out of three, usually that kicks off in my brain some sort of horrible OCD thing. I'm going, oh, I've got to do it again now, yeah. like immediately. Um, whereas in this, I just go. Oh, you never well, regret it. 
I don't. It's fine. I got this cool gun, and yep. I'll I'll maybe do it again now with the cool gun. And again, the base satisfaction of the shooting system makes it not a chore to go back and do things. Like I played missions over and over again for no reward other than grinding, just because I liked that mission. Yeah. Like there's there's some way you have to get to an endpoint as quickly as possible, and there's some way you have to eliminate a certain enemy type as soon as possible. There are brilliant boss battles, um, and in the same way as. Um, SteamWorld Dig, its final boss, changed how you approach the game. This does the same thing as well, where it changes, it turns it into a puzzle instead of an act, you know, like a tactics game. It's just brilliant. Like, it's so good. And if you really, if you really cared about SteamWorld Dig's story, which is easy to ignore, but was kind of nice and yeah, self-contained, I like there that. are some really excellent nods to SteamWorld Dig in this game because huh. it is creating a SteamWorld universe like I think their next project is SteamWorld Dig 2 so, which fills the gap between that game and this game which it's very sweet. is great it's very sweet and it makes me realise actually playing the second game that like the fact that they're sticking with robots and sticking with these style of robots mm. is like actually just a testament to how smart they are as designers because you realise the things they can do with robots um, are Fantastic! Yeah, the fact they don't have to voice have voiceover, they can have all the characters going, <laughs> making fun noises. Yeah, that's like a great smart thing. Also, the fact that when you kill enemies in the game, like they just collapse, but in a way which basically allows the 3ds to be doing cool physics. And yes, the fact that you shoot something with a shotgun in the legs, and you watch their legs, their legs just suddenly detach and fly off, and then the rest of the mice collapse. Reminded me of binary domain, which we've talked about a million times. Does, but that's because they're fucking robots. Yeah, it means you don't have to worry about gore or worry about. Uh, ragdoll physics and mm. how, how a fleshy corpse would move you just have the robots they just suddenly inexplicably fall apart and all of the pieces holding mm. them together just rang about another thing I fucking love is the fact that it rewards you when you don't quite get a headshot and the fact that you shoot their hat off by accident yes. oh my god and then you can pick up that the hat, hat thing is so good because it is a collection system that rewards you for like not just missing but it challenges you to miss and put yourself in a worse situation so you can get, get a hat. useless swag it's brilliant and i have this enormous collection of hats now <laughs> because all i did was as soon as i saw someone with a new hat i was like i want that hat st- i don't care if i fail this mission i'm having that crown and again it's a, <laughs> a wonderful thing about having characters which are robots is mm. the fact that all of the characters i've unlocked so far have a real sense of character and i've got some that i'm immediately just using all the time and ignoring other ones because i like these characters mm. more i'm like i like this guy but then it's like I got like the old man sniper dude oh like, yeah I'm like you're cool I like you but I'm like but I'm going to put you in a baseball cap yeah. and then I see him in a baseball cap I'm like yeah his name's Valentine Butterbolt which yes. I really like there's also there's another character who uh, has overalls and a backpack everyone else's names are like just robot names like Sally Bolt and stuff there's one person for some reason who's called Dora D. Adventura <laughs> instead of Explorer <laughs> which you just go Whose joke is this? This is a weird thing to have in this game. It's, yeah. it's got that sense, like that sort of. It does have weird jokes. It also has some incredible writing in it. There are little bits of writing on the items which are fantastic. Uh, you know the items. That's a community thing as well. The Image and Form had a running competition where they would post a picture of uh, an item, like a rare item, and then said, "Whoever writes the best blurb for this and the best name." gets free copy of the game when it comes out. So a lot of the rare items are things that their fans sent them. That which I think is it, brilliant. That's brilliant and that makes a lot of sense because the a lot of the rare items or even just the items have really great blurb. Yeah, they're really strange. One bit which was like a kind of uh, some sort of grenade launcher or I don't mm. know what exactly I haven't used it yet, but it's like it's like 
oh god um, these explosions are too wide said no one ever <laughs> yeah <laughs> which just, is just like this is funny yeah it's just people like you get that sense of a slight detachment from you know like slavish law yeah and just going it's fun right we're it, just having fun it is a lot of fun and I mean the, the other two things I really love I love that they've uh, they've kind of rather than having the obviously in XCOM you've got the kind of the meta game outside of the, the tactical layer mm. of the kind of fun tactical stuff it, uh, SteamWorld Heist just nails the tactical side of things especially with this sort of this active kind of shooting mm. skill thing which is really lovely but then instead of having this kind of thing with research or building up to better things you've just got straight up currency you earn water which is the kind of currency mm. in the world you can buy better guns but it has this random loot thing so at the end of the mission for every bag of loot that you've picked up you get to open a little pack I think Chris Donnan put it really well in his review as he does um, and compared that to Hearthstone opening yeah. boosters in Hearthstone because occasionally exactly. you get a rare pack and you go fuck it's purple <laughs> yeah that's it and it's, it's like a normal bag you don't see it in the mission do you no, just no, afterwards no, no. it goes like oh normal bag normal bag normal bag and it's a normal bag with a bit of purple sparkling you're like to it. fuck and you're like it's got something good in it yeah. and it's got a special gun and it, it means this thing that then you'd be like oh I'm going to use this character class because yep. this gun's awesome for them and you wouldn't have taken them on a mission otherwise no. but you're like ah oh, I've got to check this gun out that's it's it the loot, the loot changes how you play and you, you end up using lower leveled characters because the loot suits them better and that kind of half levels them up by itself which is kind of monster huntery which is another brilliant it is it's brilliant and also the other thing that's brilliant is that it forces you to kind of keep shuffling your inventory it doesn't let you keep that much stuff it's always giving you more stuff than you can keep and it keeps saying what do you what do you want to sell? Yep. And it just you don't have to go to a shop and sell it. It just says what do you want to sell, and you sell it. So it means you're constantly having to make choices about what you care about, which is a really smart thing in any RPG rather than having like an inventory which is just full of most things. Most RPGs get it wrong and say, oh, you can't carry anymore because it's too heavy. Yeah. Whereas in this, it just goes just like just choose and yeah. forces you to just be like define sort of what you want to do and what mm. sort of thing you want to run with right now. And again, as you go through the game, you'll see this, which is it just kind of starts giving you stuff that's better versions of the old stuff yeah. and you just go oh right that's good that's all I need like it doesn't it doesn't make you go it doesn't make you weigh up like tons of stats it doesn't give you yeah. that fallout thing where you're comparing like damage fire rates against another one where it just becomes like a horror you just go this pistol's better than that pistol I get rid of the old one that's, that's actually going back that's actually probably one of the worst things about um, Xenoblade Chronicles X oh, yeah. is the fact that whenever you're doing equipment stuff or whenever you're doing anything that involves you changing stats there's just this sea of different statistics and it's not immediately very clear about mm. if something's better or not yeah uh, it's the numbers are like seem better but then you've got the advantage of like when it's like oh it's a beam type weapon like, yeah well, what does that mean does that is that going to be better or yeah. not and, and I'm fine with that in some games but in this game, it's just them going, yeah, cut that. It, Why do we need that? Let's just have just, the it, thing that keeps you playing. from you going on, going to new places, doing new missions. Yeah. Um, it's very smart. I mean, there's just so many little details in it. And I'm so early on, but it's just one of these things where, like, it just screams of detail. And I think if, if, you're, if, you're, uh, if you're a fan of games and you're a fan of XCOM-style games, then absolutely jump on this. Mm. If you've got a 3DS... Just get it. Oh, it's it's the it's best 3DS game for a long time. Absolutely. Um, but if you're a fan of, if you've got a 3DS knocking around, don't usually play 3DS and you're just a fan of good game design, it's like a bit of a masterclass. Mm. I'll tell you something that I love is the fact that they don't, yeah, you were saying earlier, you don't have skill trees of the characters, mm. which means you don't get to make a choice. You don't get to be like, you've leveled up, choose what you want. Mm. But what it does is it means that every time your character levels up, you get a mystery skill. Yep. And it, it goes, another oh, question pack. mark. And it's not a mystery. It's... Yeah. It's set, but it, it lets you press a button. It, it doesn't say, 
oh, you're level three, which means you get one more health. Mm. It goes, you're level three, you got something. And then it's shiny mm. and you press a button, it open it. And you go, oh, I got this. And yeah. it turns something which in most games would just be, you know, routine into yeah. a little present. Everything is always a little present. Yeah. And yeah. it's... Even hats. Even hats. So good. So good. I just love the amount of times I've tried to shoot someone and I've missed and shot their hat off and gone, fuck! But yeah. then gone, that's a good hat though. I'm going to get that hat. It's one of those weird situations as someone who covers games for a living is part of the reason I'm not reviewing it for anyone is I kind of, after Seymour Dig, I kind of got to know the guys who made it. And so I've been in contact with them. So I've done lots of... I did interviews when they announced it and stuff like that. But sure. Reviewing it would be a bit dodgy, a bit too much, yeah. Yeah, and and that's why I waited until because I was playing it last last time I was on, but talking about it would have been weird because right. I could have come to it going, oh, you know, these guys I know did this thing. But having finished it, I do feel comfortable in going. It's fucking brilliant. It probably helps that I just rolled up as well, going, "This is fucking brilliant." Yeah, exactly. Like, and and yeah. apart from anything else, like they're just lovely people as as which is part of that like wider get the community to name weapons and stuff like yeah. they're just they're just happy about their games and that's it's so gratifying to see that the whole package even the developers are like just great just yeah. like a really sumptuous interesting it is like I, cool I, little thing i think it's really likely that at some point when it's out on other platforms that i'll make a proper video about it and yep. and, and just pour this exact flavor of love out again in a different way mm. um but yeah no it's, it's a huge recommendation if you've got a 3ds and you're going home for christmas and you're looking for something to play yeah it just get it it's oh, like God. it's I, I know that sometimes people get pissed off when they listen to Dark Souls and they feel like we're just constantly ragging on things and saying, oh, this isn't as good as it could be, oh, this isn't quite right. But it's because, you know, with critics, it's sort of what we do. We still enjoy stuff, but mm. it's such a rare treat to have a game like this where you just play it and you just don't have anything bad to say. And just like, this is just, every element of this has been thought about and it is just brilliant. God, if you get if you have a train ride home for Christmas, this is like top-notch stuff. Like it's lightning in a bloody it, can. Yeah, you know... Train carriage. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's so good. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's toilet leg numbing stuff, yep. which uh, I haven't felt for a very long time. Yeah. Highly recommend. Superb. Highly recommend. Love it. And we'll just do a couple of questions, but we're almost finished for Christmas. I've got a Steam Link. I was going to say that. I've bought a Steam Link because I, I bought the Steam Controller. Mm. Wasn't completely taken with that, but I've heard the Steam Link is good. What does it do? I have you no idea. You plug it is. into a television um, in a different room to your PC. Right. And then you can basically stream. Steam games off your PC onto oh, a different okay. tablet. That's nice. And uh, yeah, I need to spend less time uh, sitting in front of my computer. Yeah, because because the doctor said I had to after <laughs> I hurt my back badly. That's fair. So I'm, I thought I tried that with PS TV. Bit too laggy to be kind of working right. Yeah. But I've heard that Steam Link is really great. So it's kind of Chromecast for Steam. Yeah, in, but apparently it like actually kind of uses your PC's computer, like CPU or whatever, to yep. kind of boost it a bit. Ah. Kind of makes it work harder somehow to do it properly. That's weird. And cool. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I'm going to give that a go and see how I get on. And if that's the case, I might just actually finally be able to play The Witcher 3. That's yeah. going to become my catchphrase. Play The Witcher 3. I want to play The Witcher 3. That'd be good. Just keep yeah. pulling the ring in I've my back. I've got to finish the DLC, which is a big enough thing by itself. There's so. more of it coming out, isn't there? Yes. Never it's bloody really ends. really nice. Oh, never bloody ends. It's going to be great. Let's do a couple of questions. Yeah. So, uh, oh, you already done that one. Um, right. Meodrag. Oh, I guess I might get this name wrong. Uh, Meodrag. I'm going to say... Kovacevic. Kovacevic? Kovacevic. Kovacevic. It's a good name. Uh, Retro platformers used to be a trend. Then we moved to roguelikes. Mm -hmm. 
Now, survival games are the current hip-selling genre among indie games. I think they've kind of they've been hit for a while. Uh, what do you believe or hope is going to be the next big thing? I'm wondering if it's going to be Earthbound likes because of Undertale. That's an interesting thing because there have been a couple of not great attempts at Earthbound likes before Undertale. Like there was one called Citizens of Earth that was pleasing but not brilliant that came out I think last year. I think there have been a few others like taking an RPG format and trying to make something personal out of it. Yeah, is a thing. So that is one. I don't know. They're so hard to pin down because. All of these things tend to happen because a developer does it really well once. Not It's a copycat thing, not a latent interest thing. I don't thing. know, though, because at the same time we've seen this year, you get things just, it's like the time is right. It's yeah. like, I mean, this year, for example, we've been explicitly, we had like tons of heist and stealth games. Yeah, that's which, true. Which, like, for years, everyone's just gone like, oh, like, there was a period where everyone just went, why would you ever make one of these games? Mm. They do really badly. And then went, maybe they wouldn't if they were good. Maybe people actually like them. Mm. But then out of nowhere, you have this sort of spate of them, of lots of yeah. people feeling like this sort of zeitgeist, you know, feel like it's right. It's right mm. the time. And they've been like out of nowhere, like tons of really good heist games. Swindle what? was like kind of a, like a bit rough around the edges, but I really liked it. I didn't. But you didn't like it? Well, yeah, I found, yeah, I found it. Difficult. Not difficult. I mean, difficult to like. <laughs> no, fair enough. Yeah. I, I can understand I can, that. I can really understand that because it does lack a lot of finesse in many ways. And yes, it was really rough around the edges. Um, but I found it just really likable and mm. really, I got really hooked to it. And Invisible I, Ink, another heist. Invisible Ink is just like, I've actually been saving that to do a video series on because it's just clearly, I mean, that's just a different level. Like, yeah. It's just like, that's just clearly something that is just fucking super. Should we're talking about best in the world indie devs, Clay. That's, that's yeah. Weird. Absolutely, but I, think I mean, I said that last time I was on. But yeah, absolutely. It's just this this weird thing of like lots of these things coming at once, and so I think sometimes it's a trend. And I think with survival games, that's clearly clearly the thing because it's just like there are now lots of very obviously cynical companies going, oh, mm. survival, open world survival crafting. Yep, this does money, and then just making a fortune selling junk it does really work though. It really works. That's it. I'm interested in this because that um, Ark Survival Evolved, which is the dinosaur survival crafting game, has just come out on Xbox One this evening, I think, as we record. And I don't know whether I'm going to love that or hate that. And uh, it will, that will be my litmus test for the genre, I think, because it's number one Steam seller. It's fucking enormous in early access, in the same way that DayZ was two or three years ago. Yeah. Um, and I'm really interested to see whether it's a genre that just works for a certain kind of person or whether it is just good now, like someone's just nailed it. I think it, I honestly think it's just a a thing of like time. I think these things are great if you don't mind doing repetitive stuff in a very open space for when you can explore and make your mark, but it's time. It's like, I think there's a lot of people who are into it, but you've, you've got to have disposable time income mm. almost and I, I don't I don't get it myself yeah it's just like there's not enough there and I feel like it's not just a case of like being like oh like Rust for example like it's just like oh yeah really popular and there's nothing like, when it first became very popular mm. there was nothing there and it's this weird thing of being like what's going on here yeah um I don't know there's just something about this allure I guess it's like the kind of uh uh, a kind of realisation of, of the, the sorts of people used to get letters from in magazines and being mm. like why doesn't somebody make a game which is a massive world and you can do whatever you want and you can build a house and you can and like it's like it exists it now. exists now and it's ropey but people don't care yeah. like because actually there are people who don't care about things being rough they just actually just want scope that's cool 
and I'm that's enough. Um, yeah. I really do wonder if... I've been thinking a lot about Undertale this week. Mm-hmm. And I do really wonder if that's the sort of a trend in a way. Um, I find Undertale to be fascinating, mainly because um, it inspires such such love um, and fandom. Yeah. But also, like, such hate. Well, it just it just won the Game FAQ's best game of all time Precisely, list, right? which so, is fucking brilliant. I'm so happy about I that. I am as well, just because it's like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. It's point one. And also, like, it, it creates such a controversy in the mm. fact that all these Game Facts dudes being like, this is ridiculous, it's a, it's not a very good game, mm. there's no way it's better than Nilka and Retirement, there's no way it's better than... I love uh, the dude who listed all the best yeah. games of all time and Earthbound was in it. And <laughs> he's like... Okay, interesting. That, that's the thing is, it's like there's a lot of people now who who feel that way and who feel like these are what good games are. Super Mario World, and they just name all these like classic games, mm. great games. But it's interesting how I can't work out now what's happening. I can't work out if there is a chunk of gamers who love games growing up, but now are stuck in that nostalgia zone where they're just going to be. Fr- is it just granddaddy stuff? Is it just them going? These were great games. These, these new games are crap. Mm. When it's like, I find it weird because I think that the games they say, like Chrono Trigger, Ocarina, mm. they're all classics, but Undertale's a classic as well. Yeah. It's like... Well, it's tough because some of those... It depends on the person because some people are going to go, these are classics and nothing's ever going to beat them. Some people are going to go, I'd love to make something like that, which is why I would love next the next big thing to be like space shoot like space uh, flight simulator shooter type things like Rogue Quadrant or something yeah. that's the thing I want next because I've suddenly found myself being nostalgic for them yeah. and not having the outcome. like Crimson Skies sort of thing exactly like, 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 TIE Fighter yeah yeah that's like silly old like yeah, let's just that. shoot things out of the sky and I bet there are enough people of my age or older who are going I'd love that and a very small proportion of people going, I could make that. Well, it's like ukulele doing that. Yes. Like, it's like kind of the banjo team doing yep. a new thing. And I was like, for years, I was like, when's this going to happen? Because mm. like, you know, 3D platformers are just completely dead, but we've got the 2D resurgence. Mm. So when's the 3D? And it's it's happening. It's how everyone talks about, you know, the, the major video game thing is now being a dad instead of being a hunk. And that's just yeah. people growing up and the people who can make games, make the games they like or they think they liked. And so, hopefully, if I'm going, really, I'd love a good space shooter. There are loads of really intelligent people with mad skills going, but I'd love that. The thing thing about Undertale that makes me wonder if it's the start of of an interesting trend is the fact that, like, who are the people who love it? Like, I find it fascinating in the fact that it's so successful now. It's, like, estimated that it's probably sold about half a million copies. Mm. Like, And the sales of this game are not, like, curving. It's not, like, spikes or anything. It's just consistently, like, it's just selling all the time. Because, I guess, word of mouth. Mm-hmm. But it's had no advertising, and it's got talked about on sites a lot. But at first, it was just like a couple of sites basically going, oh, you know, this is this is a really cool indie game, mm. you should definitely play it. But, I mean, that's fine, but that happens all the time. Yeah, All the time, you get mainstream games websites saying, this indie game, you really have to play it. Mm. And most of the time, people just go, it doesn't look very good, I can't be bothered. Yeah. So wh- wh- how did this happen? And I think, interestingly, is the fact that it's like, who are these people, and where are they? Mm. Because... I honestly wonder if Undertale's massive success is like this sort of first glimmer of an area which we just haven't seen yet. And I wonder if there are... Because I think as you look at the counter reaction to it, that makes me wonder is the fact that you have lots of people who are very angry, lots of like, you know, Breitbart-shaped humans and stuff who who really feel that, um, that this is somehow some sort of like liberal 
like push and like this idea that it's a there's a, there's a conspiracy that Undertale is a bad game mm. and that people know that and the only reason that people pretend it's good is because it's a liberal agenda thing but it's like it doesn't make sense because it's like so many people are playing it yeah. and liking it it's like it's way beyond the sphere of influence really of like in a weird way it's not beyond the sphere of influence but it doesn't seem to be that connected to the sphere of influence of games press yeah people said that about Gone Home as well yeah which I mean, was is slightly more obviously progressive, you know, in like a in a kind of but also way. also a and like it's also an easy like you can imagine Gone Home of being sold by the games press in a more easy way because it looked quite good. It didn't like yeah. Undertale looked rubbish in yes. screenshots. I, okay, actually, Undertale probably skews closer to To the Moon. Yeah, because To the Moon looks like shit and to an extent plays like shit. It's just beautiful. Yeah, um, in its own way. So maybe the Maybe it's not about an agenda or any of this stuff. Maybe it's just people like occasionally finding something that's so outside of the regular and that hits enough buttons in a almost movie-like way that it just works. Yeah, you know? like I, I still haven't played Undertale. I must, I must admit, but the, everything I hear about it makes me want to play it. Not because it sounds like a good game. Just because it sounds weird. It is weird. And people like weird. It's really left field. You should definitely check it out just because mm. it's like it's something that sooner or later, if you're not careful, you'll have things about it spoiled for you, yes. which would be a shame. But it's it's amazing. And I really enjoyed it. And it's there were times where I got a bit bored with it, but I pushed through and I'm really glad I kind of finished it, I say. But I don't know, I I have this I think it's either that. I think it's either that it is every now and then people mm. are are open to it in the same way in cinema you have films occasionally where That's it. You know what it is? It's Juno. Yeah, right? maybe. Juno was like this like weird and for a lot of people hateful indie film that just everyone saw for no reason at all. Like something about it just worked. It, ju- it was just this complete like strange package that no one knew about. And then they went, that's great. Let's all watch it. Everyone in the world's seen Juno, despite it being an indie film. That doesn't make any sense. No. Like a, a film with Ellen Page and Michael Sarah made them both stars because it was a it's weird, and that's that's the comparison in my head. I think you might be right, and I think that's the thing is I can't work out if it's that, and this is just fascinating me. I can't work out if it is like the Juno of games, mm. or if it's something else, and if there's actually like this weird, like bubbling, invisible culture of young people who are really into this sort of thing who just aren't very vocal or present in yeah. traditional games media. And I kind, of, I kind of wonder if there's actually like a new generation of, of slightly more empathetic kids who looked at what video games coverage was and, mm. and just went, no, nah, we're not interested in that. And are now just like quietly like king making these games and we don't know who the fuck they are or where they're from or yeah. where they're... Where they're uh, they just on Tumblr. I don't know. Are we all Channing Tatum in Twenty One Jump Street when he calls that kid gay? <laughs> Is that games journalism now? I don't know. I, I actually really like it because I think over, uh, there's something really nice to me. I was saying this earlier. I think there's something really nice about the fact that like often on the internet you were just exposed to like really hateful assholes, mm. and it's like the fact that Undertale sold half a million copies, and the fact that there's lots of people who are furious about mm. this. It's just like well, there's obviously like a ton of like really. Like kind, like nice people <laughs> That's out there. They just like they're either just not talking, mm. or they're just not talking in the places where other people are talking. And I kind of I wonder if it's this wonderful futurist thing of I'm just going. Is Undertale an interesting change of things to come? Because there's a group of people out there who are ahead of the curve mm. who've already realised that discourse on what games websites is just a pointless, hateful <laughs> place, and they're just doing something different. 
Hey, some um, games websites are brilliant. Some of them are good. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I, I think it's interesting. But no, I agree. It, it, well, I just, doing it, to a certain extent, it mirrors the same things we've been talking about with Destiny, which is like exactly. silent audience. And I think maybe we're all just conditioned to to think that the internet is a place where what is talked about is successful. Exactly, Which yeah. is not true. So I think that's that's what I think. It's not... It's a long answer, but I think that's kind of what I think is the next trend, is rather than the next big thing being a genre, it's more and more of a realisation that actually games... Uh, can be made for these invisible audiences that you don't hmm. have to look at what's being talked about. You don't have to look about what's popular. Yeah, you. There are these huge untapped groups of people who maybe just, um, for whatever reason, are currently on the internet appear to be invisible. Um, and that's, that's kind of, I think, quite hopeful. So, I hope that Undertale's the start of that. And we start to get that more games, really which cool. just have everyone going. Why the hell is this popular? Like, yeah. I like that now that like quite frequently you have like game journalists like writing articles about being like, well, this game is the most popular game on Steam, so we're playing it. Like yeah. no one's written about it, and I guess we're just trying to find out if it's good or not. But That's it's really weird. Cool. But cool. It's great. It's like everything's out of our control now, and all we can do is just bumble along and go along and look at it. Yeah. I feel more like uh, David Attenborough than a zookeeper, <laughs> you know? Just Which is fun. Commenting on children. Yeah, that's you've made that bad. Yeah, a little bit. Um. Oh, okay. Uh, good question. Uh, Palmer twenty seven asks. Just got into Mac gaming, uh, and he's been playing Lo-Fi games, i.e., King of Dragon Pass, fantastic, and yeah. Undertale. Just talked about that. I noticed. Uh, any tips, picks for Steam games that run on a machine that could fry eggs? Well, annoyingly, the person underneath it who's replied to it has named loads of really good games I hadn't thought of immediately, and is correct about most of them. Just uh, read them out. Mm-hmm. Spelt as you'd think, has suggested VVVVVV, which is brilliant. Uh, Bastion, which I thought was okay. Yeah. Frozen Synapse, I've not played. People really like Frozen Synapse. Too much for me. Okay. Mark of the Ninja, Magic, play game, best. Incredible. Dungeon Dreadmore, played that? I talked to I made a video about that last week. Okay. Um, and that is, yeah, that will run on a, a machine that fries eggs. Good. It's very basic. You can play it with keys and it's, yeah, it's a real time killer. Another World, that is very good. Although it's the kind of game that nowadays you'd watch YouTube to work out how to get through, probably. Because there's some really dodgy, weird bits of that game. And Minecraft, which is true. Just Minecraft is still great. Which I think, it's now such a cultural phenomenon that people have forgotten it's a game at the middle of it. And if you turn on Minecraft, you will have fun immediately. Yeah. It's so good. I, I There's nothing I, I like more in Minecraft than starting a new game. Yeah. I think as soon as I've done it for like more than an hour, I sort yep. of lose interest. But I love the sort of sparseness of these weird places and then just building a house and making a bed and going well, it's to sleep. That thing, it's that thing of like day, virtual day two in Minecraft where you've built a mini house and then you go, I'm going to go over there. And then you go too far and you end up having to dig a six foot hole in the ground and just put a bit of soil <laughs> over it and have to listen to zombies outside for an entire evening. It's just like you can't build a bed. Can't build a bed. It's great. Like, it's still a brilliant feeling. Yeah. That's the thing is, as soon as you actually have the house and you have the bed and you can lock it and yeah, you go back, it becomes a bit boring because it means yep. it's like more, it's like rather than the sense of being lost in the wilderness, you kind of go, oh, it's getting dark. I should mm. go back to the house, shouldn't I? Or like, oh, it's getting dark. It doesn't matter. I'll just wonder about. Oh, but building your first little house. I always find then I want to be like, I'm going to build a castle. And yep. I get halfway through and I get bored. But it's just the little simple structures you make in that. It's really nice. And it's weird, actually, because it's like you forget that because so much of Minecraft culture now is uh, is about videos and is about um, incredibly like lucrative, ongoing series stuff and mm. uh, tech it and stuff. And it is like about 
modding the game to make it complicated or making huge things or making stupid things like oh, I've made a mobile phone that can stream video in Minecraft now and it's mm. like for God's sake just 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 stop <laughs> please like it gets to a point where it's like look at what we've done in this system it's like you mm. should just work in programming or it, something I don't know like, there's got to be something better you can do than that yeah but maybe they're all going to do that and be way I'm better sure. than us. I'm sure I don't want to be that guy of being like why are you doing that you're wasting your time but I kind of feel like there is a level where you kind of think if you are this talented at doing this sort of thing like, mm. You should just do something else. Um, two other things that occur to me on uh, very low power Steam games: Her Story, brilliant. Yeah, that will run on anything because it looks like it runs on anything. And um, I've been playing Besiege, that early access game about building medieval siege weapons. Oh yeah, it's fucking hilarious because it's it's basic enough that you don't have the Kerbal Space Program thing of like there's too much. I don't get this. I'm not a scientist. It's just like there's some wood and some pistons already built for you. Like it gives you quite complex mechanical parts that just work out of the box. Yeah. So it just lets you build stupid things. Yeah, I've seen so I, some stupid things. Yeah, so I built, like, a big box on wheels that had... Uh, its whole interaction was it just had six flamethrowers that I can press a button and they all poke out the front and then start shooting. So it's not... There are just flamethrowers on the front. It's the fact that they go... <laughs> and come out. It's like a Trojan box. Yeah. Oh, they've given us a giant box. Yeah. <laughs> I built... Um, I accidentally built a gun... So I built a thing where it detaches a sort of heavy block that just fires off the front. It only ever kills one tiny enemy, but it's really satisfying that it works. And I built a big, like, demon's face with flaming eyes that can smile, and when it frowns, it turns into a car. It's great. Wow. <laughs> See, I think I need to play this just because I had a huge amount of fondness for uh, uh, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Yeah, it's, just, it's just being like, the game wasn't that great, but I just got really into making these and that's cool it. machines. It's it's. It's nuts and bolts, but just the mechanical bit. Wow. It's great. Um, And it's one of those games that if you build your own stuff and you feel really proud, then you go on YouTube and you feel like the worst peasant in the world. Like, some of the stuff... A guy made, like, a medieval Thunderbird 2 that has, like, a million utility vehicles inside it that can come out, and he uses 64 buttons on the keyboard, like Steel Battalion or something. It's amazing, but but it, it doesn't negate... The fact that you built something and it works and it makes you feel really good. Yeah, no, there's, there's something really simple about just having an idea and executing it and it works. Again, it's that Minecraft thing of like tiny little things actually can be incredibly satisfying. Yeah. If you just make up. a car that what goes, yeah. you're like, I'm, I'm brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it is. It's it lovely. Is. And I and think that will work on anything. Yeah, it does look quite low fi so yeah. I think these days in Steam you're kind of spoilt because you've got like obviously loads of old stuff as well. Mm. So just if in doubt, just play an old game. Yeah, goggle. Because there's lots of good Get you old by as well. games. Um, yeah, anyway, we'll wrap it up for 2015. Thank you very much for joining me again, Joe. It's a it's real pleasure. Right. I'm really hoping to get you on more in the future. But um, yeah, thanks very much for listening, you guys, as well. We've been doing, I guess, Darth Souls on an almost weekly basis quite consistently for a few months now. And that's because of Cool Ghosts, and it's been brilliant. So thank you very much if you are a patron of Cool Ghosts. And I hope you've been enjoying the podcast. Looking forward to coming back in 2016 with more Darth Souls, possibly with some new cool little ideas. Been brainstorming some stuff with Quinns, maybe what? mix it up a little bit. Should be fun. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back soon. And for those of you listening at home, just have a fantastic little break. Mm. Play some good games. And we'll see you soon. Love you. Bye. Hail Satan. Bye.